Hello and welcome to The Roundtable, a Next Generation Politics podcast. Next Generation Politics is leading a movement of young people who are committed to building bridges across various divides. I'm Madeline, and this week, Kanisha and I spoke with Devlin Molyneux, founder and CEO of the Bridge Alliance, which is working to create a game-changing movement that shifts the underlying dynamics of power politics and participation in our country in order to strengthen values. The Alliance is based on five very powerful principles. See the best in people, educate each other, seek solutions, acknowledge differences, and act on commonalities. We agree that we would love to see these principles more in play in schools and society at large. We talked about the power and challenge of striving to revitalize civil society through democratic values and working to instill trust in the system and its values. What's critical is that everyday citizens be at heart of doing so. Dublin underscored that the first three words of the Constitution are we the people, and that's what we should be steeped in. We spoke about how fraught bipartisanship is these days, with Debbie sharing her concerns that some older folk have an overly rosy view on it, and some young people want to give up on it altogether because they've never seen it work. Debbie shared what she refers to as her embodied sense of optimism, fueled by belief that the future her generation is leaving young people can be so much better. We all agree that we need to become the citizens worthy of a thriving, just democracy. Thank you for listening. Hi, everybody. My name is Jack Flanagan. I'm a senior going to school in Manhattan. I've been with NextGen for almost three years now. I started in the Civic Action Program doing a, a civic action project where we distributed uh, a survey into high schools, both public and private in New York City, assessed the, the reactions that we found about freedom of expression there, and then published some of those in a report and, and on our blog. And then since then, I've been on the podcast. Today, I'm excited to, to sort of hear what The Bridge thinks its mission is. I'm very interested in, I think, the idea of, a, of an alliance that connects a bunch of civic society organizations together into a, a more cohesive whole is really intriguing. And I'd be excited to hear about some of the projects that you all have done and some of the ways that you help facilitate a broader civic society through individual member organizations. Hi, everyone. My name is Kanisha, and I'm a high school senior from Queens, New York. And in addition to being on the podcast, I'm also a facilitator at YVote. At NextGen, we're always kind of excited to discuss what can be done about polarization or just about you know, bridging different perspectives. So that's what I'm really interested in talking about today. I also thought what was like really unique about the Bridge Alliance is despite working with like a plethora of organizations, there is this kind of core of reinvigorating democracy, which is I think such an interesting approach, especially since I think we see a lot of organizations trying to almost revolutionize democracy or change it in a way. But I really like this idea of also looking at our democratic values and actually starting with those values and trying to get people back involved in them and really believing on our democracy before we jump to like doing more things fix the system. I also think, I guess in a way, instilling trust in the system and the values that it holds is also important along with that. So today I'm just excited to discuss this idea of how we can make sure people are getting involved in democracy and are really able to like promote democratic values. 
Hi everyone, my name is Madeline Mays and I'm a high school senior from Brooklyn, New York. In addition to being on the podcast, I'm also a lead civic fellow at our Next Gen Forums and I'm leading the Toxin Partisanship and Polarization Civic Action Project this spring term, which I'm very excited about. And today is a pretty exciting day for me because I registered to vote today, which is long overdue, but I'm excited that I, I finally had the ability to sit down and do it. And I think it was an interesting experience because I was thinking, for maybe a week or two that I wanted to do a voter registration drive at my school. And then yesterday I got a, a notification from my AP Cuff teacher that we're having a voter registration drive tomorrow in class. And I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of spontaneous, but I guess I, I should tell my friends to memorize the last four digits of their social security card. So let's go for it. And yeah, and that, that experience was really interesting because not everyone wanted to register to vote and some people took it home. And I was just like, Oh, okay. So there are a lot of different perspectives on that. And I think that coming from that experience, I'm really interested in deliberating the relationship that youth have with democracy, since I think it's very multifaceted and complex. Hi, everyone. My name is Maya, and I'm a high school senior from Iowa City, Iowa. This is my second calendar year on the podcast, so I'm super excited and I'm very interested in what the Bridge Alliance is doing. We've talked to different organizations that focus on, you know, specific aspects of democracy or bridging gaps, but I think it's really cool that the Bridge Alliance kind of is like an all-encompassing thing that unites different organizations to kind of like weave those aspects together and create a more informed and effective democracy. So I'm very excited to see how the organization functions as well as your own personal experiences and how those have impacted what you do. And hi, everyone. I'm Debbie Lynn Molyneux. I'm the president and CEO of Bridge Alliance, here to answer questions and really align all of us or remind, inspire all of us that everybody has a role to play in democracy. You know, the first three words of the Constitution are we the people, and that means all of us. And so we all have a role to play. Jack, you asked in your question, like, what is the mission or the vision of the Bridge Alliance? And that is pretty simple. You know, we envision a thriving, just, and healthy democratic republic. And Kanisha, I think it was you, something that you said made me think of, we have to become the citizens that are worthy of that thriving, just, and healthy democratic republic. And to do that, we all need to know kind of like what we're interested in, what our role is. Madeline, you mentioned, you know, getting people to vote, like registering to vote yourself and having this multifaceted, like, why bother kind of sense that some young people have because what does it really matter? And Maya, I really, I really appreciate your inquiry into like looking at the whole picture, if you will, like, and democracy, I'm going to use as kind of a, a catch-all phrase because we live in a republic that has democratic values and is based on a representative democracy. But for shorthand, let's just call it democracy tonight and not get into that whole debate. Because the mission of the Bridge Alliance, though, kind of serves as this connective tissue, if you will, between the individual community and national efforts to strengthen the republic. And we do that through helping each organization and the individuals within those organizations find their place, their role in doing their part to strengthen democracy. And then we really want to welcome 
people into this co-created movement. 20 years ago, when I first started, we had trouble getting 40 organizational leaders in the same room. You know, before you guys were born, people didn't know democracy was at risk. And there's a few of us who unfortunately turned out were a little bit observant and recognized that we were headed down the wrong track, right? Now that we have thousands of organizations that want to participate and do something and hopefully millions of people who want to get involved, that's what we're here to help provide that structure so that people can do that. I actually just wanted to start off by asking a little bit about your background and what inspired you to start this alliance. I've I've actually been talking with a lot of uh, folks about this lately, and I'm starting to call this like the moment of awakening. It's like I'm asking people, like, when did you first realize that our country was in trouble? And for me, it was about 20 years ago, and I was at a retreat with a bunch of women, and the retreat was called Women in Power. And Gloria Steinem was speaking. And during Q&A, one, a woman in the audience stood up. Her name was Gretchen. She was from Houston, Texas. 20 years ago, I still remember the, these details because it changed my life. What she asked was in reference to politics. And she was like, you keep talking about women in power, but we aren't in the halls of power. In fact, you know, there's pirates on the ship called democracy and they're sailing away and we're in the water. And it was a light bulb moment for me. Yeah, I would love to hear more about what the Bridge Alliance kind of does. I know like the broad idea of it, but I would love to know some of the more like inner workings of the organization and how you guys kind of find a way to group all of these organizations together to create like a more effective, broader alliance. I think the first thing to realize is when we started only eight years ago, most people didn't think of themselves as part of a pro-democracy movement. There was a group of people who were doing reform and trying to, you know, get either get more people to vote or get ranked choice voting passed or get redistricting done. And then there was another group of people who were doing dialogue work and trying to lower the toxic polarization. And then there was another group of people who were trying to get bipartisan legislation passed. And then there were some media people who were like, you know, the media is not really covering all the news. They're just being partisan in their approach. And in 2018, we held a summit and brought 200 of these folks together in the room. And we said, hey, you guys are a movement. <laughs> Did you know? And they kind of looked up and, you know, pulled their head up out of the weeds of their own work. And were like, oh, you know what? There's a lot of us here. So there's been this like gentle mind shift, if you will, of from people thinking that they had the solution that was going to save democracy to understanding that there's a whole bunch of solutions and that we need all of them. What we do more currently in 2023 now is we actually have programs that serve our members' needs. So we recognized a few years ago that we didn't have enough diversity in the room. And so we started publishing, you know, researching and publishing a diversity report. And we talk about it in terms of a fourfold diversity. It's not just race and ethnicity. It's also ideological. It's also gender. It's also generational. So how do we make sure that when we gather to talk about democracy writ large, we have a good representation of America in the room? Because that's really important. Another thing that we've done that helps support our members and the work they do, we publish an online medium platform called The Fulcrum. And this covers the reforms um, that I mentioned, right, choice voting, redistricting, final four or five open primaries. It also helps and ties in why the dialogue work can connect people to wanting to work on those issues, right? So it's not just about decreasing toxic polarization and dialogue. It's also about connecting people to action in their local communities. 
I think that that is really exciting to hear some of the different initiatives that you all are taking. First, I want to say that I'm, I was really impressed by the way that you articulated the Bridges' concern for DEI. I think that that's a really, really great way of putting it because obviously racial and ethnic diversity is really important. But for example, my school is tuition free, so we're able to draw kids from the tri-state area. And that has resulted in just such an incredible diversity, but not only of racial backgrounds, but also of ideological views and socioeconomic status. And so I think I've tremendously benefited from that. So, you know, I'm really excited to hear that that is something that your organization is having. I remember I looked at your five pillars. Um, I'd be interested if you could if you could share those with our listeners and then tell us how you think those five pillars influence the work that the bridge does. So like for the fulcrum, right, how does that tie into to sort of the five organizational values and, and goals that you all seek to foster? Our five principles in short are we see the best in people, we educate each other, we seek solutions, we acknowledge our differences, and we act on our commonalities. Those are really about how we agree to be together in community. So first of all, you know, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. So much of the partisan bickering that happens publicly right now, people assuming the worst intention of whoever they're talking with or about instead of assuming the best intentions. So we want to start in our community of assuming the best and seeing the best in each other. Uh, The education piece, we educate each other. A lot of people also think they have all the answers or that they know the best way or their right to a fault. And this is really a reminder for us to be humble in that we may not know everything and let's learn from each other. And a learning community is much more likely, in our opinion, in our theory of change to succeed than one where everybody already has all the answers. And then seeking solutions, you know, this helps keep our focus not on what we don't want, which is a human default, by the way, that's just a human, if you're thinking about what you don't want more than what you want, but we consciously try to seek solutions and move towards what we want and not just away from what we don't want. Acknowledging differences, we have to, we all have different lived experience, we have come from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses. That's going to give us a different filter through which we see the world. And those are to be welcomed and highly regarded because it will help us be better and think of solutions or think of ways to get to solution that we couldn't think of just through our own filters. And then, of course, taking action and act on those commonalities. I think that's all very interesting. And it makes me think about how these principles are, they're not absent from the lives of teens, but it's not made clear in the, I guess, different settings that we're present in, in the same way that it can be in something like the work that you're doing with the Alliance or other political related organizations, um, which really is a shame because I feel like those can be so applicable in a school Mm -hmm. setting. And inherently it's just promotes democracy as well. And, and, would absolutely enhance critical thinking. And I think it would allow for youth to be more interested in being involved um, with different people and different perspectives, even if they don't realize that what that is, is civics or politics. One of the things I have found that helps me in this work and and helps kind of frame Bridge Alliance itself is that in psychology, there's something that's called the Cartman Drama Triangle. And that's where there are basically three roles available to every person in any situation. And that is the victim, the rescuer, and the persecutor. And much of the life that we're seeing lived out in the media and as reported through the news lives in that Cartman drama triangle. Basically, the work that the Bridge Alliance does rejects that frame 
we don't think that there's only victims and only persecutors and only rescuers in the world. We think there's another triangle to work from that's empowerment. And that's where we are all co-creators. We need coaches and we need challengers and we need to stay focused on what we want. The drama triangle is all focused on what we don't want. And, you know, and that's where a lot of hypercriticalism comes in. A lot of the melodrama of you did what to whom and let's do some shame and blame. So if there's a, a blaming going on. For me, I recognize when, first of all, when I'm doing that and I do it still because it's human nature, I'm caught up in the drama and I'm not actually working towards solutions. So there's a way, an antidote to really ask myself, how am I seeing the other person? Am I seeing the other person I'm in conflict with as a persecutor or as doing something wrong or less than me? What do I want? What do I want to come out of this situation? And then what is my intention? If my intention is only to look good or be better than the next person or to be right, I'm, st- I'm caught up in the drama triangle. And so, it, but if my intention is to learn or educate or challenge somebody so they can be better, those are healthy, healthier outlets. And so it's just a way to turn that paradigm on its ear. Yeah, I really like that philosophy. And then I just kind of had a question, like, does the Bridge Alliance do anything to kind of create material change in terms of bipartisan legislation, maybe pushing that through, and also maybe talking to politicians on Capitol Hill, things like that, because I know that like powerful community grassroots things like this can be really helpful, but then also we need to pair that with, you know, getting certain policies passed and whatnot. So I would love to hear kind of about that side of what you do, and maybe if you have any plans for that in the future as well. So Bridge Alliance itself does not lobby. Uh, part of our C3 status is that we don't engage in politics, but we do support member organizations who do lobby. And there's organizations that work both at the federal level and there's other different organizations that work at the state level. So on a state by state basis, there are different organizations that will work with state legislatures. Some of them are also helping state legislators themselves work in a bipartisan fashion not on specific legislation, but just on decreasing the polarization in state legislatures. A lot of Bridge Alliance members also worked on something called the Modernization of Congress Act. And this was an effort to help bring Congress up to speed uh, with their technology because, you know, they were still reliant, heavily reliant on, you know, email and phone answer machines and things like that. And so there's technology that can help Congress actually provide better constituent services. And then some of our members also provide training for citizens to to engage directly with their members of Congress or state legislators. So there's a lot of work happening in that realm, but it's not work that we are personally or directly involved in. Especially just because of the work you do, how you've seen just our, our political climate kind of impact young people in particular, because I think there's definitely like a gulf between how older people were impacted by our modern political climate and how younger people are. So I just want to ask a bit about like, what are some differences you notice in, you know, older people's attitudes towards politics and democracy versus like people kind of our age? I would say that on one hand, a lot of the people who are like my age and older, we have our our minds kind of captured by how it used to be. And so there's this kind of nostalgic waxing for how things used to be back in the 60s or 70s, when good legislation could get passed without as much vitriol as we have today. And one of the things that I am, I'm concerned about, and I haven't seen, I don't know directly, because I work with a lot of young people like you who are, who are engaged and active and concerned. But I hear from friends who have kids and things that are, are more like your age, that there's a sense of disempowerment, and that almost they want to give up on democracy, because in their lifetimes, they've never seen it work. And they've only seen the vitriol 
that we have today. And they don't know about, you know, Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill, who was Speaker of the House during the Reagan administration. You know, they did some grand bargains and got some legislation passed. And we don't see that kind of thing happening anymore. On one hand, it's like, I hope we don't uh, hold on too much to that nostalgia of what used to be. And on the other hand, I hope young people feel empowered because the future that we're leaving you can be so much better. And I know we're not going to finish the job. So we need you. Yeah, I'm kind of along the same sort of vein. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about optimism for the future because I can definitely see things sort of going both ways, any direction, because I know like with the rise of technology and everything, it helps people see a lot of viewpoints, but at the same time, it can cause things like echo chambers and whatnot. And then also like at the same time, what you were saying, you know, young people seeing what's going on right now and seeing that maybe it's not working so well. But yeah, I would just love to hear Do you think, you know, the prospect for our generation is looking good on this? I know that there are a lot of organizations filled with brilliant young people who are trying to push this movement forward, but I definitely can see it going either way. And I'd love to hear what you think. So the day after I had that aha moment with Gretchen asking the question of Gloria Steinem, I was doing yoga. And for those of you who practice yoga, the last posture in every yoga session is Savasana. And during Savasana, Uh, or corpse pose, I had a vision of what was possible for politics in the United States. And it wasn't like a picture vision. It was more like this full embodied sense of well-being that when you get done watching a really good movie and the, you know, the hero and heroine are riding off into the sunset and there's just, you just know everything's going to be okay. That's what it felt like. And that has motivated me and kept me optimistic no matter what's happening out here in the world, because I have that embodied sense that we're going to be okay. And so I I leave that with you and I share that with everyone I can because I know it's possible. That's all for today with Next Gen Politics. I'm editor Irina Chowdhury signing off. Please check out our website at www.nextgenpolitics.org slash podcast for links related to what we've discussed and to find out more about our work. And please recommend us to your civic-minded friends or to your friends you'd like to become more civic-minded.